I'd like to extend Christian greetings to each one here this morning. That song that we sang, that last song that we sang, it's Jesus Christ and Him alone. Oh, let the hallelujahs roll. You know, I had to think. Life gets us pretty busy, and we tend to forget about about what Jesus did for us, and 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 the kind of difference that should make in our in our lives. Topic this morning is a topic that affects every area of our life, pretty much. Um, I titled it "Our Perspective Towards Each Other." Um, thinking of how we treat each other, how we look at each other, how we and not just each other, but people, people as a whole. We um, we run across a lot of people in our lives. Some people we just wave at on the road. Some people we may work for them for a few weeks. Some people we may see every day. Um, some people not so much. And then there's our families. There's our spouses and our children. We live with them. And then there's, there's our church family. Um, we have... Something big in common with those. But it doesn't matter who it is. Whether it's the, the person that you meet at the, at the mill. That, and every time you take a little wood in and you kind of learn to know him. And you, um, you can ask him how he's doing and how it's going. And get into some conversation. But you really don't know him outside of that. Or what, whether it's the one that... You know because of the negative things that, the negative ways he responds. You know that if you get a little, little out of line at the, there's a, there's a gentleman that works in, a, I don't, I guess he still works there, in the yard up at Sappy, the paper mill up in Cloquet, Minnesota. And, um, he's kind of known amongst the drivers that if you get out of line, if you move before you should, or you don't move as soon as you should, You'll probably get yelled at. He may even come down out of his loader and have a little chat with you. You remember those people. Those are those 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 memories stay with you. Those things stick out. Um, God has Paul in. I'll be looking at Romans chapter fourteen and then one verse in chapter fifteen, or the first actually the first six verses in chapter fifteen. God has a lot of instruction on how to deal with people. Now, today's message is, is more, has, has a lot more to do with um, the people that we, that we worship with, the people that, we, that have a lot to, that we interact with in our worship and in, in the way we live. Relationships, um, dealing with people, it's hard. It, you, you never get done. There's, it, it always, it always had, it always requires more work. Every day it requires more effort. And sometimes you just want to, you don't really, you, you feel like not dealing with it and just becoming a hermit and walking away and just shutting the world out. But my mind was drawn to a verse in Proverbs Chapter 14, verse 4. It says, Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. If there's no people around, there's, if, if, there's no, if there's no animal in the stall, there's no work to clean up behind the animal. And that's kind of how it would be. If there's no people, there would be no work to deal with people. 
but by much increase is but much increase is by the strength of the ox. The reason the reason the people had an animal had an ox in the stall is because the ox was was used for good. The ox was an important part of their lives. And that's how it is for us. We could shut ourselves out with people. We could decide not to deal with people, not to, not to, um, not to have to put the work into relationships and in getting along. But we do it because for the benefits that it brings us. We're, we, we are here in this life. God has put us here. And one of the, one of the ways that He wants us to glorify Him is by showing our love towards each other. By showing our, um, by how we get along and by getting along. Romans chapter 14. I'm going to read the whole chapter and then I'll be coming back and um, going over the chapter. And hopefully we can learn from Paul's writing here to the Romans. Now we have Paul here writing to the Romans. And he was dealing with a people that, um, a very diverse group of people. He, had, he was dealing with a sect, a, a group of people from the Jews that were from the, the old law, and they were very strict in what they ate and the days that they, the days that they observed and what they ate. And then there was the Gentiles that had been converted, the Gentile Christians, and they didn't observe all those things. There was a, there was a, um, it, it had become an issue. So Paul is, Paul is addressing here in chapter 14 of Romans. Verse 1, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up. For God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth not the day to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth eateth to the Lord for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord he eateth not and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, or whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. 
Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. For meat, destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. He addresses the weak and the strong in this chapter. In the first verse, he says to receive the weak. There was a group of people, the Gentiles, who... I guess they, they looked at themselves as stronger because it wasn't a problem with them to eat this meat that the other people had a problem with. And I had to think, how is it, how is it for ourselves today? We come from a lot of different backgrounds. We, we look at life differently. We do things differently. Um, we're pretty quick. I'm pretty quick to look at somebody that doesn't, maybe isn't okay with something like I am. And his admonishment here was to welcome them or to receive them. But then in the end of the verse, he says, but not to doubtful disputations. He says, don't receive them to argue with them. Receive them, welcome them in, in, into, your, into your group. The situation in verse 2 was, some of the, the Jews in, in the culture in that day was, a lot of idol worship going on. And, and animals were sacrificed to idols. Not all of the meat was burned, but there was some of this meat that ended up back on the market. And, and these people were not okay with buying meat that may have possibly been that. For one believeth he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Paul here, interestingly, calls the people with what I would say the stronger convictions, the weak people. Verse 3, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. The Greek word for despise was a strong word. It meant, it means to consider as nothing, to treat with contempt. And as I thought about that, you know, that's often how we, Especially when we have other people that think like us and there's someone that isn't, that it doesn't quite see things the, we, the, the, the way we do, we tend to just write them off. To treat with, we wouldn't say we hate them, but we, we treat them with contempt. And Paul was saying here, don't, don't despise each other. Don't despise someone just because they don't do the things the way you are, the way you do. Now he brings out, in the next verses, verses um, actually kind of from the beginning of the chapter, he starts there, verse 3, 4, through verse 17, he makes five points, or he gives five reasons why you should not despise your brother. The first one is because God hath received them. In the end of verse 3 there. It's not so much about what your brother is or isn't doing. It's about God hath received that person because God 
Jesus died for that person just like he did for you. God hath received him. Don't go hating on him. The second reason is because they are servants to their own master. Verse 4, Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. James, 1, James chapter 3, verse 1 is the verse where it talks about not being many, be not many masters. We wouldn't, as a, as a master, as an employer now, we wouldn't go around trying to master other people's employees. This is kind of, this is what I, what I see, think he's saying here. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? He's getting down on the attitude that we have towards other people that we make our business that may not be, that may not be our business. For God is able to make him stand. Don't judge him because God loves him just like he does you and God is able to make him stand. The third reason not to despise one is taken out of chapter, out of verse 5 and 6. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth unto the Lord, and he regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. Both of these people approve themselves to God in what they do. It is not, it is not for us to despise them for what they do, but whether it doesn't matter which side you find yourself on, the one that, the weak or the strong, don't despise the other person because God approves them in their, if they're doing what they, what they feel is right, what God has taught them is right, then God approves them, God accepts them. Verse 7 and 8. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. He's making the point here that we don't do, we don't live or die to ourselves. As people of Christ, we do what we do. We even, we live and we die. Even in dying, we give ourselves over to the Lord. We do what we do because we are God's, because we are accountable to God, and because we live our lives for God, our aim is not ourself. It is not, our, our focus can't be on ourselves. It's, our focus is on God. No one that has given up his name to Christ is allowed the, a self-seeker. It is contrary to the foundation of true Christianity. We neither lo- live or die to ourselves. The business of our lives is not to please self, but to please God. As two parts. The first part is not to please ourselves, and the second part is to please God. It's, first we have to put ourselves down, and then, and to realize that what we live, what we do, is for God. We live to glorify Him in all the actions and affairs of life. We die to glorify Him, and to go to be glorified with Him. In verse 9, it speaks, For to this end Christ both died and rose and revive that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Let's turn to Acts chapter 10 verse 36.
Acts chapter 10, verse 36. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Point, pointing out that it's all about God. He's Lord of all. He's, he, he is King of everything. And that, that's the attitude that we must have when we, when we, um, when we're dealing with someone that, that's different than we, when we have, when we need to get along with people, we, un, we need to understand that God is Lord of all. The fourth point, the fourth reason for, um, not despising our brother, taken out of verse 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. At the end, we're all going to be in the same place. We are all going to give account for our own things and not for, and not for our brothers, for what our brother did. First, there's two, two points here. First point is we have little business judging others that are not accountable to us nor to them. And the second thing is we have our own account. We will be responsible for our own thing. If we are busy judging ourselves, we won't be as apt to judge and despise our brothers. In verse 13, let us therefore judge one another. Not, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And the fifth reason is, I took these, these points out of the Matthew Henry commentary. Um, he's a little hard to, to follow in his, in, his, um, in his wording sometimes. But he says, Because the stress of Christianity is not to be laid on these things, nor are they at all essential to religion, either on one side or the other. Taken from verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's not meat and drink. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy. And it is in these things to serve Christ. Now, righteousness, peace, and joy. The interesting thing about those three things is the first one has to do with our relationship with Christ. Righteousness is we respond to Jesus doing the things He taught us to do. Peace is our is is what our interaction with our fellow man should be. We should be at peace. We should do peaceable things. We should be at peace and not be despising or hating or have turmoil with our fellow man. And joy is our is what our is what our own life should be getting. We need to have joy in our hearts. Righteousness is our relationship towards God, peace in our relationship towards our fellow man, and joy in our own hearts in our walk with in our walk with Christ. Joy in the Holy Ghost. And then one, one final um, or one last thought on those, on those five reasons. Nothing is more destructive to true Christianity than placing it in modes and forms and circumstances which eat out the essentials. And as I thought about that, I'm, I'm not sure how literal to take that because we do have... As a church here, we do have our um, we do have our standard. We have our things that we do. We have our things that we follow after um, in in unity. We have our things that we we do all do the same to promote unity. Unity is taught. Unity is is um, 
taught in the scriptures as an essential. And I think that's important that we, that we follow after unity. But Paul's teachings here, Paul's teaching here is to not make a big deal and not go hating on our brother because of differences in the way we do things. The rest of the chapter there, he, um, he addresses the, the, the fact that some, that these people that, that didn't want, that, that couldn't do some of these things, he addresses how for them it is right not to do them, and it is wrong for them to do them. Uh, verse 18, for he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things which wherewith, edi- wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroy not the work of God, all things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh, nor to drink wine, nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth, or is offended, or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he doeth. And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Then he gets into into chapter 15. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. And he gets to verse 5. Now he's been talking, he's been, he's been giving solutions in Romans, in, in the book of Romans up until, up until now. And the reason I spoke on, the, the reason I looked at this scripture today is because of verse 5. Verse 5 came across as the, as the verse of the, the verse of the day in, in the Bible app that I have. Every day I get an alert, I get a text message with the verse of the day. And this verse came across probably a month, maybe six weeks ago already. I'm going to read verse 5 and then we're kind of, kind of going to be break, breaking it down. It says, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Paul here recognizes that all the instruction he's giving, Everything he's saying, all the thing, all the ways he's telling them to get along, it all hinges, the strength that we, that we get to do that hinges off of Christ. And he addresses, he says, now. You get the idea that he's been saying a bunch of things and, and then he comes to the word, he says, now. Now listen. Now, now God is a God of patience and consolation. Patience is enduring pain, trouble, etc. without complaint. Calmly tolerating insult, delay, confusion, etc. Showing calm endurance and diligent persevering. The funny thing about patience is that you need trying times in your life in order to, in order to get, to, to have patience. And I had, I had to um, think of, a, um, of an example of patience. If you're driving down the road and you have a flat tire and you get out and you look at your tire... And there's, you, you, um, you respond in the wrong way. It upsets you, you, you can't take, you can't, you, um, you deal with it in the wrong way, you kick at the part of the tire, 
and you hit the rim and you stub your toe and then you grab your phone and you call somebody and the person at the other end of the phone is going to be receiving the brunt of your of your um, attitude at the time. If you, you, you come into a situation and you, you respond to it wrongly, you needed patience, but you didn't have it. Now, if you, if you, if you look at your tire and you're like, well, we, that's, that's something, that's something we can, we can deal with, you know, it's flat on the bottom side, the other three are still round. Um, but you're like, well, this needs to be changed, and, and you have the right attitude about it, and you, um, you, uh, you get your, you, you look in the back of the truck and, oh, there's some tools, there's a jack, you know, you get the jack out and you jack the truck up and there's a, a nice impact wrench and you, you change your tire and, now patience is kinda, the way patience works is if you never, you, you didn't necessarily have those tools, but when you were, when you, let's say you were presented with the flat tire and then the tools just showed up. That's kind of like patience is. If you're presented with a with a, a situation that is that is tough, a situation where you want to respond, it takes some it takes some you need to be calm and you need to it's painful and you need to deal with it. But if you're calm about it, and then God gives you patience. God re, God God helps you to be calm, but then he helps you through it. Patience is facing life and the tough things in, in, in life with, um, with a calmness. Patience, God is the one that gives us patience. It's responding in the right way. God is the God of patience. And He's the one that helps us when we face things in life, in our relationships, in our dealings with other people. He's the one that helps us to be to respond in the right way, to have patience. Now, the God of patience and consolation. Consolation is to make feel less sad or disappointed. Paul recognized here that if things come up that need patience, then we are going to, we're going, it's going to be us dealing with trouble without complaint. But that doesn't mean that we won't be um, burdened with it. And God, being the God of consolation, he will provide the he will provi- he will provide the the feeling of the the comfort that we need to make us feel less sad or or disappointed grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus paul was saying here now god can help you through this and and god can help you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus now there's two two different ways to be like-minded. I'm going to use, I'm going to use the example of um, of two young men and their pickups. Now back when I was growing up, we weren't necessarily always like-minded little boys in school. We grew up in a farming community, and John Deere tractors were always the best. And the other boy, maybe he had Deutz tractors were always the best, or International tractors were always the best. And we kind of had a little thing going back and forth. You know, we weren't necessarily like-minded on it. Um, as you grow up, you get your pickups and um, you start bragging about, oh, your pickup's better than the other one. And uh, your pickup could pull more than the other one. And we do that in life sometimes, you know. We, we settle down on one thing or other. Well, this idea is a little better than that guy's idea. 
And these young guys, they, they, they keep egging each other on about, you know, their truck's better than the other one. And it comes to a point one day where they say, well, we gotta figure this out. We're gonna, we're going to, um, back these things up to each other and hook a chain in between the two of them. And we're gonna, we're gonna see whose truck is actually better here. And, um, they set a date and a time and they pick a place where this is gonna happen. They tell their friends about it so they have some people there watching. They make a real deal out of this. And they back, they back the trucks up to each other and they hook a chain up and the one guy takes off a little bit before the other one, before the chain's tight and he, he tears the bumper off the other truck and probably breaks the frame in half if it's an older truck. So we have here, we have one truck sitting here with the bumper tore off the back and it's stranded in the road. It's broken half. And the other truck he's tearing off down the road, he finds the next intersection and he does a little spin there in the gravel to, to celebrate and he ends up sliding off in the ditch. Then we have half the people here. They are, they're pretty upset with the guy that took off because he didn't obey the rules. He took off before he should have tore the bumper out of the one truck. So we have half the people here. They're all siding with him and they're all up saying how the other guy was bad, the other guy was wrong. And then half of the people that are left, a quarter of the people, they're running down and they take, they, they gather around the guy in the ditch and they're all celebrating. They don't care if they're in the ditch or not, but their truck won. And they're all celebrating and they're all happy about this. And so they just take up a little party there in the ditch and they have a little party right in the ditch. Now we have a quarter of the people left. And they're just shaking their heads and they're like, Nah, that's that. we don't want to be part of this. So they turn around they walk out across the prairie into the horizon. Now I give that as a kind of a humorous illustration of how people are. People do that. We do that in... Um, in, in groups of people, we do that as a church. We do that as individuals, one individual against another. And um, the result is often the same. We have, we have split factions, one gathered around a broken up truck, one in the ditch down here. And then there's a section of people that are just, you know, I don't want anything to do with it. We're just, we're just going to leave. It could have all been avoided if they were like-minded enough and if they would have been like-minded in Christ Jesus. Now, there's two ways to be like-minded. There's one way to be like-minded, to fight together. And there's another way to be like-minded, to be in Christ Jesus. To do it right. If one of them, if either one of them would have decided, well, you know, that's not a good idea. I don't really care. Your Chevy is probably as good as my Dodge. or Your Ford is as good as my Dodge. They both do the job. They both work. It's not really worth having a fight. It's not really worth... It's, there's no point to prove. If only one of them would have been that way, this would have never happened. The other one could have still wanted that. Could have still kept fighting. Could have still, could have still kept arguing. Could have still wanted it. But until he found someone to back up to his truck with a chain, the destruction would have never happened. We do that as people do each other. We do that as husbands and wives. And one day we wake up and we look at ourselves and we're like, what's the point? If we're fortunate, 
Relationships take work. Relationships are not about yourself getting your way. Relationships are not about responding to the other person because of what they are or not doing. Relationships are dealt by your relationship with Jesus Christ. If we don't have Christ in our heart, if we don't deal with people the way Christ wants us to, it's going to be really hard to deal with people at all. I found a quote in a book that kind of sums, summed it up. And I'm going, I'm, I'm going to close with this. My encouragement would be that we, um, we allow God to, to show us how to deal with situations we find ourselves in. It's all here in His book. God has all the instruction we need in the Bible. But the quote is, To live above with the saints we love, oh, how that will be glory. To live below with the saints we know, now that's a different story. Let's kneel for prayer. Lord, we come before you this morning. We thank you for this opportunity that you have given us to gather together like this this morning. And I just pray as we live our lives that we could um, allow your spirit to make a difference in the way that we live our lives, in the way that we interact with people around us, with our families, with our church family, and with even the people that we don't um, have much to do with, but just our casual interactions with people. I pray that you could let your spirit guide us and that your love would make a difference in how we, and, and how we interact with the people in our lives. Just pray that our interactions could be such that you could have the honor and the glory for for the right, for, for the good that we do. We thank you for this day. We pray that you would go with us and that we pray that we could be, we could be strengthened as we look into your word, as we search for wisdom from you and from your word. I pray that you would show us and give us the strength to live it out. I see spares and blessings in your name. Amen.